This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another One Piece TV Talk. We got the penultimate episode, and just as predicted, we got the reveal of Nami's backstory and what's been driving her this entire season. But before I get into it, I want to let y'all know, stick around at the tail end of this little mini episode that we've got right here because I got a little something special for you, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. I mean, no spoilers, but it, it, it might have something to do with Loki TV Talk. I mean, it definitely has something to do with Loki TV Talk. Check out Loki TV Talk. Anyway, <laughs> stick around for that. It's fun. But that's right. We get the reveal that, of course, Nami this entire time has actually Yes, been working with the fish pirates, the fish people pirates. I don't know the name of their crew. And, you know, I've been of the mindset that perhaps the concept here is that she's playing the long game. Like she's like playing everybody against themselves. But we see that while that's kind of true, she actually has been very forthright with the fish pirates. She wants to buy back the freedom of her village. She's willing to work her entire life to do it. She's finally gotten the money and she's ready to, to do it. And of course, we see that Shark Dude has a bit of an Uno reverse card up his sleeve. He's got to get Mouse Marine to go and get the money. And so she can't get the village back. He gets all the money anyway. And it's happy days for the fish and the fish people. Now, it's interesting, right? Because we were introduced to the concept that fish people are kind of like a second class citizen in this world of already a bunch of weirdos. And while in, you know, real life, kind of the golden age of piracy, a lot of pirates were actually encouraged to become so because they were getting away from the oppressive systems of the time. So you see some of that influence here with what's going on, except for the fact we take it too far with Fish Dude, right? Like he's like, no, fish superiority and we're going to like crush everybody and take over the world. Yeah, that's not really the pirate mindset. I mean, ideally we're free. We're establishing our own, you know, governance on our own ships and that sort of deals. But no, this dude's doing a complete 180. He's going full on from like, you will not oppress us. We will be the oppressors. So yeah, Fish Dude, bad. And on top of that, he's destroying the town that Nami was, she, she was just going to buy it from him anyway. Like this is, it's just vindictive is what it is. But through this process, we get a chance to meet Nami's sister. We hear her tragic backstory with her mom. Very, I mean, there's a lot of like shocking imagery in this particular episode. The mom getting shot and like right in front of her daughters. It's this massive traumatic event that we're seeing. And it's extremely shocking. And then, of course, later on, when Nami's like literally stabbing at the tattoo on her arm, I, I mean, I verbally jumped out of my seat on that one. I was like, whoa, OK, I didn't I didn't know that that was about to happen. I thought something like that was going to happen, but that was I don't know. It was, a little, it was a little too much for me. But you see where her head's at. She's been completely defined by this like tragic moment in her childhood and has literally given her entire life to the pursuit of freeing her people, her village from this fish dude that she's had to be, you know, essentially play second fiddle to pretty much her entire life. Now, I like that the Straw Hats are all kind of debating as to what exactly their relationship with Nami is right now. Like, you know, is she somebody that is in need of rescue? Does she know her own mind? She said to leave her alone. She was evil all along and she played us. You know, as all of these different kind of voices of theories of what's going on with Nami, we kind of get zero in on Luffy, who we've seen his growth throughout this entire season. He understands the weight that's kind of on him as a leader, or at least he's starting to understand that weight. But he's also true to who he is. In fact, the, the character study of Luffy is very interesting, right? Because like I've, I've started to realize that what they're doing in this season with Luffy, you know, he says he wants to be the Pirate King, but we're getting this amazing 
display of like the most ideal leader, right? Like the most, I, you, you see how he could be king, which is something I never really got my head around with the original concept of the show, right? Like you get, you know, the, the, the dread pirate dude, the original pirate king, right? And they kind of reference that dude in this episode. And he looks like the quintessential, like, you know, big brawly dude. And he's got the piratey looks and, you know, the gruff voice and he's captured this big prize and everything else. And then you get the scrawny little wobbly kid who's so innocent, so happy-go-lucky. He doesn't seem anything like the kind of person that you would lift up to pirate level, let alone pirate king level. But he embodies everything that you would want in a king, right? Like he's compassionate. He connects with people. He wants to understand what makes them tick. He wants to encourage them to do what makes them feel happy, what their calling is. And he's also able to rally around a bunch of misfits and individuals with all their uniqueness into one cause. But beyond that, in this episode, we get the exploration of what does it mean to see the authenticity in the people around you, right? Like she says, like the, the whole debate he has with Zorro, when you said you wanted to hear from her what she wanted, she says she wants you to go. And Luffy says to Zoro, so did you. You know what I mean? Like it's it's this it's this great depiction of Luffy seeking out what people authentically want. Like who is their authentic selves? Because sometimes we lie to ourselves about that, right? Like we lie about what it is we truly want. We lie about what our dreams are. We keep people at, you know, arm's length and that sort of thing. Sometimes that's good. Like we need that space. But sometimes we do that out of pain when what we really need is for people to hang on to us. I love the moment at the end of this episode where Luffy and Nami are together and Nami tell like, you know, he's, she's like, you know, I told you to go. He's like, you did. And she says, you don't know what's going on here. And Luffy, I love this. He's like, I don't. I love that. Come on. That's so, ah, uh, that's a true friend right there because it's not somebody who's trying to like create the scenario of like, oh, I know how this is like because this happened to me this one time. No, no, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here with you anyway because I see that you're hurting. In this sense, Literally, because you're stabbing your arm. <laughs> That's not healthy. Now, I will be the first to admit that like when he like raises up his arms and says, of course I will. It's a little like you can see how maybe this was a big moment in the cartoon show that doesn't quite translate the same to live action. They've been very intentional about this series of being very true to the cartoon nature of what's come before. I do think that some of these moments don't you don't have to lean so hard into the cartooniness you can actually let the serious moments land like we're already getting the cartooniness of the visuals you know like mouse dude shark guy you know everybody's costumes ridiculous luffy's mannerisms as a whole are very kind of over the top and you know it, it's just an over the top character but for whatever reason that moment didn't land for me i don't know i might be in the minority on that one i love the spirit of what's behind it it's really more of just an artistic choice but the acting overall in this series, fantastic. Like when, you know, dog grandfather, marine dude and chef dude are having their meal together and they're talking about the glory days and how, you know, this, this is the way that it used to be, but we've got this up and coming generation and, you know, like it or not, your grandkid actually has the spirit of a pirate king. Like I could see him being the new leader and the granddad, you can see it in his eyes. Like he sees that too. He sees who his grandson could be and he's afraid of it because he doesn't want his grandson to, to, to experience the same end, the same fate of the pirate king that came before. I really liked their dynamic, like these two old salts on either side of the law, sitting down over a bottle of wine, over a steak, and just sharing stories and being very like authentic to each other. Authenticity is kind of the, the spirit of this particular episode and finding the authenticity in all of these characters. Meanwhile, Kobe and uh, the son of the dude with the bowl haircut, I can't remember his name. 
they're getting drinks together. I don't know. Is there is there some chemistry there? I don't know. I don't I don't like bull hair dude. I don't want to like bull hair dude. <laughs> but it does seem like there's a little bit of chemistry there. I don't know what's going on. Sanji being the new guy, he instantly pulls his weight with being able to cook a meal, connecting with Nami's sister. Not to mention he's also there so that when Buggy starts running his mouth, he's got an orange for him. We see that Buggy's uh, body is hanging out over with fish people. But all of this is really kind of culminating into this big battle for this one little town, for Nami's town, which is interesting. I didn't know where this season was going. I, I really didn't. Like, it was kind of unclear as to what the big, I guess, final conflict or how they were going to bring this season to a close but man, you feel it. And it does seem to be the Straw Hats coming together for their first, I guess, major conflict as a team. They've experienced a lot of, you know, they fought Buggy and they fought the Shark Dude before. And then we also got a chance to see, you know, the Zoro go up against Vampire Guy. But yeah, overall, this is this is the big throwdown. And I have to admit, I'm very eager to get this thing recorded so I can go ahead and start watching the next episode, which is totally killing my entire vibe of me wanting to like not binge and just like, you know, take this a week at a time and treat it like a normal television show. I don't know. I might actually force myself to wait just for that reason, because the hype is real. Oh, man, when he puts the straw hat on her. Come on. Oh, I didn't say I, I'm not saying I cried, but like I was feeling it. I was it was emotional. It was an emotional moment. Man, love this cast. Love the love the just absolute. They're just giving their all into the truth of all these characters in the midst of the absurdity of this world. I mean, a fantastic series. I mean, like, who knows what the last episode is going to be about? I don't know. Y'all y'all might already know because y'all might have already seen it. We'll know for sure next week because that's when I get a chance to watch the last episode. So uh, stay tuned. Let me know your thoughts. Like I said, hang tight. I got a little Loki TV talk, something or another for you that's about to play right here after the music. Hey, be sure to uh, follow me on Instagram if you like. Incognito is the place to do it. Links in in the the uh, you know, description for this episode. That is going to do it for me for this week, but don't worry. I'll be back in a splash. The following is a public service announcement from the Time Variance Authority. Do you find yourself constantly acting with mischievous intent? Have an affinity for gold and green? Does glorious purpose always elude you? If you answered yes to one or all of these questions, chances are you are a Loki variant. Do not be alarmed. The TVA is aware of your deviance and will be monitoring your movements at all times. Please be advised that two rogue Loki variants have started the Loki TV Talk podcast at LokiTVTalk.com and should be avoided at all cost. Do not subscribe to the Loki TV Talk podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do not follow Crew of Loki on Instagram. Do not tune in every Friday for episode reviews of Loki Season 2. Remember, the TVA is here to protect all of your time and you from yourself. This is Lorraine, a.k.a. Loki Variant, RVJM91. And this is Bo, a.k.a. Loki Variant, HTJM84. And we want you to check out the Loki TV Talk podcast. Join us every single Friday at LokiTVTalk.com and find your glorious purpose today. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. 